Dr. Yehoshua Cantor, General and Family Dentistry. Reasonably priced, accepts most major insurance, Hebrew-speaking, open Sundays, warm and caring staff, child-friendly and Hamish environment. Call them at 718-972-2970. Dr. Yehoshua Cantor, gentle and attentive care, 718-972-2970. And good morning, good morning, everybody. Jerut Radio, Jerut.com, Jerut in the app, Jerut in the other numbers. And we have here Sunday morning, a little bit chilly outside, but it's beautiful. Just feeling this, the winter is coming. And we have Sam Gindi, uh, the way, Parashat Shavua through the eyes of Rabbi Avigdor Miller, Zatzal. And we are ready, ready to listen to Dvar Torah. Sam, good morning. How are we doing? Shavuot Tov to all our beautiful and gorgeous listeners out there on J-Root Radio and J-Root uh, app and all over the world, internet, whatever you want to call it. It's all over the place, so it's a matter of just grabbing it. You know, when you have diamonds all over the place, you got to reach out and grab them. And certainly uh, Nisim has afforded us the uh, luxury of having and the uh, ability and the benefit of having these Divrei Torah and the, and the Jewish music, and uh, it's all there for us to enjoy. And, of course, we have to, to in order to enjoy things, it's, if something's... Worth something, you got to pay for it. It's not for free. So, so you should reach into your pocket, send a, send a, send some kind of a the text and a donation in order to uh, show your appreciation. And also, we don't want to be, uh, you know, we don't we don't we don't want to take something really for free. Although the the, the radio station is not charging anything for it, they don't charge for it. Just like Hashem doesn't charge for air. Do you know Hashem doesn't charge for air? You go outside, you're breathing air. Do they send you a bill? Do you get a bill in the mail for air? Do you, when's the last time you got a bill for air? The electric company sends you a bill, and the water company sends you a bill. But do you get a bill for air? Ah, that's a big question. The truth of the matter is we're getting a very big bill for air. Tremendously big, giant bill for air. We have a big obligation to pay for the air. And the air is most needed, so you need you have, you have the biggest obligation to pay for it. How are you going to pay for it? All you got to say is thank you very much for the air. If you tell Hashem thank you for the air, he, he says, you're welcome, Rohi, enjoy the air. It's yours. It's all yours. When you thank Hashem for the air and for your life, and you do the right things, that's then then you are acquiring. That's called that's making a kinyan, make kinyan on the air by 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 pulling it by 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 thanking for the air. Okay, so over here we are right now, as usual, we are living with the Parashat Shavua. Now it's one thing to 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 to, to read the Parashat Shavua, maybe even to learn the Parashat Shavua certainly, but to live. We gotta live with the Parashat Shavua, because we have to understand that the Parashat Shavua isn't just a storybook. Certainly not. Parashat Shavua is Hashem's thoughts talking to us, and He's talking to us every week, talking to us every day, really. As long as you, when you learn the Parashat, learn Chumash, learn, learn any kind of Torah, Chumash, Mishnah, Gemara, Musar, whatever you're learning, Hashem, you have to realize Hashem is talking to you, and then you get reverence for what you're learning. It means something. It means importance. Like if your father's talking to you, you better be listening to your father. Otherwise, it's, uh, it, it shows the, the, uh, disrespect if you don't listen to your father. And certainly, we don't want to disrespect our father. And certainly, we, we have to also have the, at least the same amount of respect for Torah and, and, and all that it stands for, because that's Hashem's talking. So over here, this week, Hashem is talking to us volumes. And the volumes He's talking to us is what He's thinking about is Abraham Abinu. Abraham Abinu takes up no less than five parashiot in the Torah. He's mentioned five parashiot. Last week he's mentioned the end of parashah. This week, of course, the next uh, four weeks 
after last week, Abraham Avinu is subject of somewhat in the parashiot. That means that Hashem is giving it a lot of real estate. Now, the rabbi always taught us that's one way to learn Torah. It's a very important aspect of learning Torah. What's the aspect? To see how much space something is being given in the Torah. Now, this is a, this is a very big uh, point over here I'm giving, telling you over here. This is a way to learn. You learn Torah uh, by, by the one way you see how much space, how much space Hashem is giving to the Biryat HaOlam, the creation of the world. Well, He's giving 32 Pesukim. That's a lot of space, 32 Pesukim to the creation of the world. It means that God is thinking about the creation of the world, third, a, lot, a lot of real estate, a lot of space, 32 Pesukim worth. Now, He didn't have to do that. He could have just said, God created the heaven and the earth, and that would be under that, Zil Gemur. And, but no, Hashem is telling you on the first day, on the second, the light, and then the, the vegetation, and then the, the sun, the moon, and the stars, and, 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 and animals, and the flowers, and finally men, and so on, and then Shabbat. So he's, Hashem is elaborating because he wants you to examine it. That's called Bechina. He wants you to examine it and to gain Emunah. Shigain Yirat Shamayim. In all this, all this expanse of of, 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 of Pesukim, of Pesukim, Pesukim means Hashem is thinking. So when we have to now, when we learn people uh, sojourning in Mitzrayim, how much space is being given to the Esim Akot? A lot of space, Esim Akot. A lot of space. A lot of space there. Look at it. Look at that much space. He wants you to examine it. So over here, Hashem is giving a lot of space to his favorite subject. And his favorite subject is Abraham Abinu. The truth of the matter is, the whole Torah is talking about Abraham Abinu. In the beginning, yeah, in the beginning, it says, First he created the Shamaim, and then the Aretz. So in the beginning, Hashem's uh, uh, emphasis or his, his, his attention, so to speak, was on the heavens, the Shamaim. I mean, the heavens mean the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the universe, the, 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 all the vastness of space. It was unbelievable creation. It was something stupendous. Hashem had his attention on there. But now, he, he, he changed his he attention. Aretz, that's this little itty-bitty earth we have over here. This little earth that we're living on. Oh, Hashem said, oh, oh, the Shamayim, I put it on the side. That's not the purpose of creation. Hashem, that's not my attention. Once he, he switched over to the Aretz, he doesn't mention Shamayim again. That's it. Shamayim is like in the back burner. I'm not talking about Shamayim. Why? Because the Shamayim is not important to Hashem. The important is what's going on on this earth over here. Because that's what, that, that's what his, that's what his, actually, that's what his, his, his nation is going to be bred in this earth over his nation, Eretz Israel, the Yehudim, the Bnei Israel. They're all being fostered. They're all being grown. They're all being perfected in this audits, in the audits right over here. Not on the moon. Not on Mars. Not in Saturn. Not in uh, any of those planets. Nobody. There's nobody up there. No, nobody on Mars. There's nobody. Nobody up there. There's no man in the moon. Everything is happening. We are audits. We are audits. I tohu babo. Now he only talks about the artists. And that's what Hashem is. And the spirit of Hashem is hovering on the face of the waters. So, so, so we see that Hashem, His spirit, the Shekhinah, is waiting. It's hovering. It's helicoptering. 
Wait, what is it waiting for? Why doesn't it just land? Because it's waiting. It's waiting for the right place to land. It's waiting. It's, it's waiting to land. And what happens? That Adam comes on the scene. Adam Arishon. His Ruach is Selem Elokim. He has Ruach Elokim Ma'al. He has a piece of He has a Neshama. Now Hashem doesn't pay attention to their Aretz anymore. The whole Torah is not talking about Shamayim, gone. Aretz, gone. Now the focus of Torah is Adam. Adam is Adam, Tamarishon, and people in general. That's what Hashem is focusing on because that is the focus of focal point of creation. And now a new focus is, is, is brought to, to about in our Torah. That's Noah. Noah is Sadiq, Tamim Haya Bedorotab. That's the Shem's uh, attention is now put, put, moved away from all the people in the universe and it's focusing on Noah. Noah is the focus of Hashem. Noah was a, became a, was a prophet. He saved the whole world. All the world was propagated from Noah and his family and his three sons. That's the rest of the world problem. Not from Adam, Adam and Adam, so to speak, but from Noah. We're B'nai Noah. So his attention shifted to Noah. But now, now parashiot. Now the five parashiot on Abraham Avinu, Hashem's focus shifts, and 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 his and his and his spirit finally is landing. It's landing on who? Our progenitor, Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu is Anak Sheba Anakim. He is the giant of all giants. He's Amudosh El Olam. The Rambam calls him in the Hilchot Avodah Zarah. He's the pillar of the world. And we know that the world stands on three pillars. Now, Abraham was the epitome. He, 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 he was the example of Amuda Chesed. He was the Amuda Chesed. He's the pillar of Chesed. Chesed means kindness, loving kindness, kindness, compassion. All the things that are included in Hesed. And Abraham Abinu really was the perfect man. He was the most original thinker that ever walked the face of this earth. Abraham Abinu. Original thinker. He had also Azut. Azut. He, had, he was brazen to go against the world. How did he do it? That's a whole story in itself. How could one man go against the world? That's impossibility. The whole world was against him. Ideological speaking. They were against his ideas. And he was able to hold cup. He was able to hold his head, hold his ideas, because why? Because he was barur, the Rambam tells us. He was clear. He was barur. And that really tells us that it's important for us to gain clarity in whatever we're doing. Whatever, if you're learning Torah, even one line of Torah, be clear in it. Be able to repeat it over. Be very clear in the Torah. Don't be fuzzy. Try to be clear, as clear as you can be. If you have a question, ask the questions. Ask all the questions you can until you're very clear that on what you're learning, that you can say it over, that, you, that, it's, that it's yours. You, 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 you're going to acquire that Torah. So Abraham Abinu worked very, very hard. The Rambam tells us, and you know, when he was three years old, he kiered Boro. He was three years old, he was able to recognize his creator. Uh, he, didn't have, he didn't have a Chumash, he didn't have a Mishnah. He, re, he looked around, he picked up his head. We all know the, the first great story, the second great story. He looked up, and he was able to see uh, that there was a Bore Ulam in the world. That is manhig. There's somebody running the world, controlling the world, and it would seem to us that you know, uh, you know, the rest of the world should have seen the same thing. 
you know, what did he, he saw the sun come up, the sun come down, they, they were worshiping the sun, but, it, but he figured it out that in, in, in nighttime, there's no sun, if the sun was God, he'd be up there in the nighttime too, and the moon, they worshiped the moon, they had the moon gods, but he said he figured it out, hey, if the moon was God, he's not up there in the daytime, the God doesn't go to sleep in the daytime, same thing with the stars, the stars, they only come out at nighttime, so Abraham figured out that it can't be all these, these uh, items in the universe are, are God. Are they controlled by God? Yes. But people in the, in, in the world started to worship Dora and Nosh. They started to substitute the creations of Hashem for Hashem himself. They started to substitute that. But Abraham was able to uh, figure out that that was not so. And, and he, and he, 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 therefore, he, 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 but when he's three years old, he figured out his creator. And what did he see in the creation? He saw one thing. He saw many, many things, but one most important facet that he felt was the facet of all facets of creation was the chesed in the creation, the chesed in food. Food's a chesed. Why should a tomato plop out of the earth? Why should a, a, an apple come out of a piece of wood out of a tree? That's a chesed. What a chesed. How can you get wool off a sheep's back? What a chesed. How does that happen? Not only is it a chesed, it's a contrivance. It's a wisdom. He saw those things. He saw the Godlo, Betuvo, Maleolam, Dat. He saw three things in the universe. He saw Godlo. He saw his power. What a power. The sun should be hanging up in the sky by itself. There's no, no strings attached. What a power. And, and, it, and it's emanating all the, 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 the uh, emanating all the vitamins and all the power and all the, uh, the, 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 the light that's coming out of the sun and the heat that's coming out of the sun and the and the and all the all the and the vitamins that are coming out of the sun all the things that's the power and the goodness and the great the goodness and the, the the kindness the sun is keeping us alive and the wisdom the wisdom of the sun the wisdom of every single creation Abraham examined all creations and he saw those aspects in every single thing in creation whether it be a blade of grass or a hair growing from a person's head. He said, why does a person have hair on his head? Why does he have hair on his head? I thought to examine the world and start up. I want to find the plan of kindness in such a thing. Where do I see kindness in the fact that an apple is red? Why isn't it uh, black? Why is it red? It's a kindness in there. Kindness, because the maker wants to attract your attention to enjoy that apple. That's kindness. That's a very good kindness. And then it has a, the apple has a beautiful color. It doesn't fall off the tree until it's ripe. That's a kindness. You know, that wrapper is protecting the apple from, from the water, from the elements. So if, if it didn't have that wrapper, the water would go right into the meat of the apple and it would get rotten. So this is a kindness. Hashem, Abraham, Abraham Avinu noticed that everything was, everything in the whole universe, it all exuded, it all portrayed. Every single item in the, in the, in the universe is a model. It was a, it was a testimony, let's say, to the chesed of the maker, to the kindness of the maker. The kindness for who?
the swallow has no free will. The swallow, the swallow has no, it's not made for, for, for horses and cows. When an animal rights activist, the cow was made for people to eat the cow and to have leather to make shoes and to have milk, drink milk. That's what the cow attached made the cow for our benefit. But only, only, only hitches we have to thank him for. We have to thank him for the milk, thank him for the meat, thank him for the leather. Then I said, oh, now it was worthwhile to make the cow because I made the cow for people to notice me. That's all the Hashem All of the wonders, all of the, all of the, all of the doings, all of the creations of the world are there for one reason: in order that we notice that Hashem did them, and that to create awareness of Hashem in the world. That's, and and, and, if, and if, it, if, if it accomplishes that purpose, then it was worthwhile making it. If not, then it was a waste of a cow, the waste of a of a peach, waste of a apple. Waste of, waste of the apple, waste of the moon, waste of the sun, waste of stars. So Abraham, Abraham Abinu was Amuda Hesed. And again, not that he was a Hesed, Nick. He wants to emulate Hashem. That's called the Halakta Bidrachav. Abraham Abinu said, I want to be like Hashem. I want to be Isha Hesed. Now the Hesed, there's a, a couple of ways, a few ways to, 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 to uh, exhibit that Hesed and to emulate that Hesed and to be active in that chesed, Abraham did every, or there more. But certainly, to feed the world is a chesed. And that's what Hashem did. He's doing it every day. Feeding the world every day. He's, he's bringing all kinds of tons of fish from the ocean every single day. New fish, more fish to feed the world. He's bringing uh, uh, meat in the world. And vegetables, all the new vegetables to feed the world. That's a chesed. Chesed Hashem Malayah The whole world full of chesed. It brings the rain down. That's a chesed. Without the rain, you have no food, no, no, no life. No, nothing without the rain. No, no animals. No, no, nothing. Rain. He's bringing the rain down. How does it bring the rain? Why doesn't the rain go up? How come the rain goes down? That's a chesed. You've got to notice that. When it rains from the clouds, why does the rain come down onto the earth? Because there's a system here. There's a plan. You want to call it gravity, nature, call it whatever you want. But the nature is only hiding the source of where it's coming from. And it's up to you, with your free will, to realize that nature is concealing Hashem. Nature conceals Hashem. That's that. That's very important. That's called teba. Teba is concealing Hashem. Now, it's not that hard to cut through the teba, and that's your, that's our, that's our test. When we cut through the teba, when we cut through nature, and we see the source of the nature, or the source, the source of really behind nature, then you pass the test. Then you, 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 you get, uh, you get, uh, you get your mind from that. If you just continuously see that the light is coming from the sun, you really fail the test. You fail the test because the light's not coming from the sun. I don't, want, I don't want to break the news to you, but the light doesn't come from the sun. The light's coming from behind the sun. The light's coming, there's, there's, there's a flashlight behind the sun that's giving it the light. Hashem didn't need the light to give sun to the, the sun to give light to this world. He doesn't need no sun. The sun is only hiding the source of the light because if, the, if there was no sun and the whole world was bright with light, it would be an open miracle. There would be no choice. Everybody would know. Everybody would come to Shul on uh, Saturday. Everybody would see that, the, hey, it's an open miracle. There's Hashem in the world, and there's no, it's not coming from anywhere. And that's why Hashem in His kindness really hides the light with the sun. And that's another reason that the rabbi there brings why Hashem did not create the sun and the light on the same day, on the same first day. Well, what did He do? He created the light on the first day, and He created the sun, the moon, and the stars on the fifth day. On the fifth day. So... So why did he create the same? Because he doesn't want you to think that the light is coming from the sun. If the sun and the light were created on the same day, 
you would automatically think, or you might think, that the light was coming from the sun. And Hashem doesn't want you to think that. He wants you to know that the sun was created on the fourth day, and the uh, light was created on the first day to tell you that they're separate creations. None, one didn't, one does have, has nothing to do with the other. The sun is only, it brought the sun later on to hide the source of the light. Now, now, we're going further, and we're talking about Abraham Avinu, and we have to know that Hashem created the world Bereshit, Bishpil Bereshit, Bishpil Abraham. Abraham is Bishpil Israel, Israel, that's Abraham, by the way. When we say Abraham, that means the name Israel. Every time we say Abraham, we are the children of Abraham Avinu. We are Israel. So, Hashem created the world for two things as we know, for Israel and for Torah, Israel and Torah. Israel, that they should learn Torah. That's what it really means. Hashem created the whole world. He created 2,000 years, by the way. He created the world to write that. And then, let's stop a second. And then he says, This is the, 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 the beginnings, the Tolodah, the beginnings, the, the, the foundation of the Shemayim, the Aretz, of the heavens and the earth. So you can read it, Abraham. Abraham, because that is the, leave it open, Tommy. That is the uh, the essence of the of the creation was for Abraham, be Abraham. So you see over here right in the beginning that the whole the whole intention of Hashem was to bring Abraham Avinu into the world, and and it took two thousand years. It took two thousand years to bring it. There was two thousand years of void till Abraham Avinu came into the world, and then as we said, the Shekinah rests on Abraham and his children forever. Why? Because Abraham fell in love with Hashem. Abraham fell in love with Hashem with his, his, his chesed in the world. And then Hashem, Hashem fell in love with Abraham. It was a two-way street. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a love affair. Hashem and Abraham. And still less of today. Between Hashem and the people of Abraham. And the children of Abraham. We're Beni Bechori Yisrael. I didn't say that. Hashem said that in his Torah. It says, you are my children. My firstborn children. Who are you? You, the children of Abraham Avinu. You, Jewish people out there. Think about it. Be happy. Hashem is saying, You are my firstborn children. Think about that every day. When you think about that, by the way, you're thinking like Hashem who's saying that in his Torah. Now, question over here, the big question that, uh, big question Ambam addresses in uh, Rampam. In the book, Abodat Kochavim, you should all look it up. It's in, uh, it's in the, uh, Shnei Torah in the first in the first chelik uh, here, uh, so he brings over there uh, and he quotes Abu Dat Kochavim. He talks a lot about Abraham Avinu and he fills in the holes and the gaps that aren't mentioned in uh, Torah. Uh, Torah is very uh, sparse in its language, and a lot of it has to be filled in by the Midrashim and the Gemara. And over here, the Rambam draws, I guess, from the Gemara and both, and he tells you that Abraham Avinu. First of all, he calls him Amudor Shalolam. He's a plural of the world, like we said. And he said, Abraham, he created for all at three years old. He recognized God at three years old. As, you know, as we said, that, 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 that it's very good book to get that. Uh, Abraham, little Abraham, uh, we looked up, we saw the sun, the moon, the stars, and he was able to figure out that there's one God in the world. Now, but the question, the big question is, a question not for him, the question really for us. The question is, how was he able to do it? He's called Abraham Ha'edri. He means he's on the other side. Ibrahim, 
he's on the other side. It means that the whole world was against him. He's on one side, and the whole world was on the other side. The other side of ideology, the other side of understanding, the other side of philosophy, the other side of religion. Everybody was against him. And, and Abraham Avinu, some way, some way, shape, or form, was able to resist the whole world. And that basically is, for us, it's impossible. You understand? To resist the pull of the world is an impossibility. To resist understanding it, if you, if, uh, if we are, uh, if we have, I don't know, a hundred people against us in a certain place, a thousand people, ten thousand people, you, you, you would, you would uh, give in to that, to that idea of the ten thousand people. But Abraham had the whole world against him. So how was he able to do it? That's the question. And the answer Nambam gives is a very, very big answer uh, for us to try to grasp. The answer is, first of all, Abraham, there's a two-step answer. First, he became Baruch. He was clear. He was clear. He had clarity. There was one creator. And the whole world, there was one creator. And, and he said, the one creator, and, and, and he created what was tested, as he said. Uh, and, and he looked up in the whole world, he said, hey, there's one creator. The whole heavens are, 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 are talking about one subject. The honor of Hashem. Abraham had no Torah. He had no Torah. He had no, uh, no tradition either. The tradition of Kiterach and Dore uh, was a corrupted tradition. So he used his Sechel. Abraham had a giant Sechel. The Sechel, Melokamimah, Sechel was a piece of Sechel inside of his head. He had a giant Sechel. Big giant. He was a, 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 a one of a kind. He, 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 he was original. He's able to think it. That's how he, you know, Abraham Avinu was able to derive the whole Torah without a Torah. He was able to derive it from Kalbachomez, all the ways he, from logic, he's able to derive the whole Torah, even the Mitzvot, all the Mitzvot, Mitzvot from the Torah and the Mitzvot from the rabbis. He was able to derive it with his genius mind. Now, Getting back to how he's able to, how was he able to, what was the strategy to be able to push off the pull of the environment? You know, we have a tremendous pull over here now. It's a very awful pull. It's a terrible pull. It's the worst. It's the worst kind of pull that's been in uh, maybe forever, maybe ever, maybe know, since the time of the Greeks. I don't know. It's a terrible, terrible pull. A pull for wickedness. A pull for for corruption. A pull for health care. I want to do what I want. A pull for a pull for for a pull for godlessness. Tremendous pull in the world. All these pulls. Oh, and everything's shouting. Everything's shouting. The TVs, the newspapers, the, 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 the textbooks. They're all shouting these pulls. The professors, terrible professors. They're shouting evolution and they're shouting bing bang. There was no God. Happened by itself. All these things in order to remove any kind of yoke any kind of yoke of responsibility, of decency, of morality in a human being. They want to just shed a person of that yoke. That's sort of, by the way, it's sort of like uh, the Nazis. I hate to make a comparison like that, but I didn't make a comparison. Uh, Hitler, Maxwell, made that comparison. He said, uh, maybe in my whether he said it, he said that uh, he wanted to get rid of the Jews because the Jews was the conscience of the world. The Jews are the conscience of the world. They're stopping us from being animals. You would have just said, he said that we want to be animals. The Nazis, the Germans, the Goyim, they want to be animals. They want to be animalistic. They want to do what they want to do whenever they want to do it. And 
They're getting a guilty conscience. They're not able to do it because, they, because why? Because the Jewish people, the Jewish Torah, and the, uh, is, is giving them a is giving them a guilty conscience from from, from being able to do whatever their their the Yetzirah wants to have them do. So that's why uh, Hitler wanted to eliminate that because he, he don't want to walk around his whole life feeling guilty. So he wanted to eliminate the the, the ones that are feeling him guilty. That's us. Okay. Now, so Abraham Abinu, he needed to combat that environment. How did he do it? Well, first he became clear, as we said. And it's got to become clear. Clear that what is the emet. He became clear on the emet. And the emet was that there's, uh, that there's one power in the world and he's directing everything. That was his emet. So when he was very clear on that emet, then he was able to say, you know, I don't got to come on to all these people that are saying what they're saying. They were all kol ha'olam beta'ut. That's how the Rambam states it. All of the world is in error. What he really meant to say is, they're all crazy, all the world is crazy. I don't got to worry about what they're saying because they're all firaka. And they're saying this, and this is okay, and you can marry that, and you can do this, and you can do that. They're wicked. I don't got to come even, I don't even got to come and explain it to them. I don't got to explain nothing. All I got to do is I make a butter, and these people are zero. So what do I got to listen to these people for? They're not in zero, they're less than zero, they're bad, they're wicked. And that's how Abraham Avinu was able to uh, combat the world and push it off. And we, on a certain level, we could try to do the same thing too. But the first step is to become clear. Clear that we have a Torah. Clear that we have this Lord. Clear that we have Yerat mind. Clear that there's a God in the world. Clear that there's Sahar and Onus, there's reward and punishment. Be clear, there is reward and punishment. I don't want to break the news here, but there's reward and punishment. Clear that there's Olam Abba. Oh, got to be clear on that. That this world is not the end. That there's another world, Olam Abba. And that's where most, the most, most of the reward of the punishment is given. It's in Olam Abba. You clear on some of these things, the 13 fundamentals of the Rambam, you clear on that, then your roots will be in the ground, as the Pesach will tell you. When the wind comes, the, the tree will not be uprooted because you have deep roots. If you got deep roots, then the, the branches will stay strong. So, Abraham, so that's what we're talking about Abraham. Now, Rabbi Miller tells us, tells story about Rabbi Miller. He was, one time he had a student that, that, uh, that having, that, uh, that had a nervous breakdown. And they put him in, they went to Bellevue Hospital to settle him down, and Rabbi went to go visit him. And, uh, in those days, it was one big giant ward, not small rooms. And Rabbi had a little bit, a little bit of beard. It's maybe 70 years ago. So maybe, maybe more. So, uh, no, nothing, I think the beard was an oddity in those days. And when we walked into the room, we started to hear chuckling and then laughing. So the rabbi said, he thought they were laughing at me. So he took, he felt self-conscious, took a step back. Then he thought and he said, what am I worried about? All the people in here are crazy and the world is crazy too. So, well, I've got to say that once in a while. So, you know, I don't got to hear what these guys are saying. They're all crazy. And our parashah says a big giant, big giant uh, uh, statement of Hashem. Of course, Hashem contacted Abraham when he was 75 years old. And uh, up until then, uh, Abraham knew there was Hashem, but he didn't get the uh, direct haskama uh, from Hashem himself. He got it all from his intellect. And, and he did what he did. But, but now, once he was contacted by Hashem, he went, uh, is on a, he's now... On a higher level, he's doing things not because he thinks they're right. He's doing things because Hashem told him. That's a different, different, 
level. I heard that from from Mitzhak uh, Yosef and from David Yosef this week. I heard that idea from them. So Shem tells Abraham Avinu, first things in Malachat. I want you to leave your uh, your homeland. That's the first test. Leave your homeland. Leave your environment. Leave your father's house. Where should you go? Go to the place I'm going to show you where to go. And then he says, big statement. He says, I don't want to tell you, Abraham, a big beracha. I will bless those who bless you. Oh, I will bless him. I'm going to give a blessing to whoever blesses Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu, that's the Jewish people. And, he, and that, this blessing stands forever. Hashem is saying, anybody that blesses a Jew, going to get a blessing from me. And so even the Kohanim, you know, we do the Kat Kohanim every day, so we bless Jews. When we bless Jews, we're blessing Jews. The Kohanim is getting a blessing from Hashem. Why? Because he is blessing Jews. You go out on the street, make it your business to see a Jew in the street. They don't got to hear you. It's not for them to tell. They say, you pay Jews, you say, that Jew should be blessed. You have long life and good health, good children, a lot of money. Those that don't learn to not properly, there's a whole line. At least he should have, he should have a good day. He should have peace of mind. He should have long life, good health, good children, a lot of money. What's wrong with that? So you say it to yourself, and by saying it to yourself, you're doing exponential things. First of all, like the pasuk is telling us, Hashem is giving you that blessing on your back. You're wishing that you have a good day. Hashem is wishing you have a good day. Want to have good health? You don't have to go to the big rabbi to have good to, to, to get the beracha. That's good to do. But all, you want to get a beracha from God Himself. All you got to do is bless His children. Go to shul every day, and when you go, and you look around and say, all these beautiful Jews, they should be blessed with long life, good health, good children, a lot of money, those are done properly. They should have peace of mind. They should have uh, uh, all good things. Simcha, hatzlacha. Back. Every day we say it from the Ariya Kadosh. I'm now accepting myself a positive commandment from the Torah. To love your fellow Jew like you love yourself. Look around the room. I'm accepting that. And now I, I want to make a statement that I love all the Jews like I love myself. And they should have a good day. They should be blessed. They life and good health. The children a lot of money. Why not? You should bless them. So this is a practice we should all acquire all the time, and it costs nothing, and its rewards are, are endless. Endless rewards. We study it, exponential rewards. Every time you see a Jew, across the street, down the block, see the Hatzalah truck bear pass by, they should say they should be blessed, they should be protected, I should bless them, you should protect them. It shows so many things further. It shows that you believe in God. It shows you believe in God. It shows you believe in the Torah. Wow. It shows what, 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 how do you believe? God himself said in the Torah, you bless a Jew, you're going to get blessed. He didn't say that. Maybe he wouldn't do it. But now I say, I'm doing that. You know why? Because I believe in the Torah. The Torah is divine. So when I bless another Jew, I'm going to get a blessing. How do I know that? Because it says it in the Torah, the Torah is divine. That's the first thing that, that right there in the beginning that Hashem told Abraham, you should be happy. Abraham, I want you to be, you should know that the whole world is going to be blessed from you. From you, Abraham, from you Jews. The whole world is being blessed through Jews. And you bless another Jew, you're getting blessed by Hashem. Now, of course, the one of the that's the Hatarata Kamocha is is a tremendous precept and how you're gonna do that by blessing Jews. When you bless a Jew it shows that you love him. It 
telling yourself that you love them. Otherwise, why would you bother blessing them? So when you when you're expending energy and effort and and, 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 and expand, it's not expense but expansive your mind to bless Jews to give them better thought, it means you only do it for for, for one reason that, that 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 you love them. You wouldn't bless them if you didn't love them. And when you, when you bless them, you're going to come to love them. It's sort of an entrepreneurial. Our action is going to, uh, we're going to uh, evoke the human being. So even if you don't like the guy, but you start blessing the guy you don't like. You hear what I'm saying now? Start blessing the guy you don't like. How would that, he doesn't, he's not going to hear your blessing. And why? Because you want to, you want to, you want to influence your inward feelings. Because you don't want to not like the guy. It's not good to do not like the guy. You have to be, it's a commandment from the Torah. It's a positive commandment. It's like loving Hashem. You got to love a Jew. So how you going to do that? By blessing you one way you can do it by blessing the Jew, and then you'll come to love that Jew because you're blessing him. Another thing you're doing when you bless Jews is you're improving. And that's what we put in this world, in this book, in this world, to make something out of yourself to improve. So when you are blessing Jews, you're showing yourself that you're in God, that you're, you're <coughs> accomplishing improvement in yourself by even by, by, by pushing yourself to do such a thing. Maybe you're not even into doing it, but you're pushing it. Why? Because you want to be part of the program. And you want to do what Hashem wants you to do. But a, 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 a final idea, which is certainly there's no final ideas, but we know that one of the main ideas in life is to emulate Hashem. To walk in His ways. So when you bless a Jew, in plus, plus are walking in the ways of Hashem. As it says, as it says, uh, Hashem is Oheb et Amo Yisrael. Hashem is Oheb et Amo Yisrael. Hashem loves Jewish people. So now, when you're blessing Jews, you're also loving Jews. So you're acting like Hashem who loves the Jewish people. Now, now we have to know, in our Torah, it says over here about Abraham, Abinu, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. He went and he called in the name of Hashem. Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. He said it a few times. Close out, call the name of Hashem. That's what he did. That was his vocation. His vocation was Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. So he went out to work. What was his work? Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. So, so, so Sarai Menu would pack his lunch, make his, pack his lunch, give him a, I don't know, turkey sandwich, bring his sandwich, whatever kind of sandwich you want to, you want to give him, and put it in his bag, and Abraham would say, okay, so now I'm going to go to work today. And he'd go to the corner, the place where everybody gathered, okay, and he would start to preach. He would start to preach. He would call out in the name of Hashem, he would tell people about the goodness of Hashem. Hashem, Hashem means the goodness of Hashem. So he teach people about this one God in the world. And God loves you and he cares for you and he loves you and he's doing everything good for you. That's what he did all day long. That's what I found. That was his job in the world. That was the vocation in the world. And he gained tons of students. The Rambam says thousands and thousands of students Abraham had by teaching them the happiness in the world. That the world is a happy place. It's a happy life. It's a happy existence. The existence is not over when you go into the grave. That's not the end of life. Life's not over when you go into the grave. That's, that's, that's just the beginning of life. Life is everlasting life. You have a soul. You have a body. He, 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 he taught him all those things. He derived them from his from his head, from his head that there can't be the end of life. Hashem didn't put a person in this world for X amount, just to, to, to eat, drink, and be merry, to, to do what he's done, and then to his, 
take him out of this world? No. Put him in this world to perfect himself, to do good things as best as he can. And then is the, the reward necessarily is not in this world. It's not a reward and punishment. God doesn't keep you in the world, not put in this world for no reason. It's not just a, it's not just a joke. No. You get do good things, you get reward, just like anything in this world. It may be even in the physical world. So, and if this guy does bad things, they put him in jail. So, Abraham figured it out, and he taught people this method of, of uh, reward and punishment, of Ramadan, uh, of Mitzvot, Masim Tovim, and people ate it up. They loved it. They were happy. They didn't, prior to that, the people said, hey, it was just Abu Dazara. It's a statue. And who knows? The statue's got a hammer. And the statue, he doesn't even, you know, I'm, I'm giving sacrifices to a, sticks and stones, and, and how are they going to help me? How are they going to hurt me? And they were cool statues, and there was also very cool worship. You know, Berezus the Chaldean, an ancient historian brought down by Josephus, tells even of the, of the Egyptians. The Egyptians were a sophisticated culture. The Egyptians were very sophisticated. They ruled the whole world. They made, uh, you can go to the uh, museum on, Osh on, on, on uh, Eastern Parkway, you'll see uh, Egyptian carvings and uh, uh, hieroglyphics and And, and, uh, and all kinds of things that they in the pyramids that they made, that they found secret passages and all that stuff. The Egyptians were very sophisticated people. They also had carvings about uh, a netherworld and a next world and things like that. But they believed in, in, in demons and devils and voodoos and all kinds of stuff too. And the Egyptians, you have to know, uh, they, knew, they, they also knew astronomy, astronomy and mathematics, very strong. How do they build the pyramids? They knew mathematics. They knew mathematics. Pythagorean, Pythagorean theorem. They knew all that kind of stuff. Geniuses, Egyptians. But you have to know, the, the Egyptians, they, they worship the asp, the crocodile, and the baboon. Asp is a poisonous snake. And the crocodile is not so nice. They're not, not such a nice animal. And the baboon is also a very cool animal, the baboon. So they, that's what they worship. And you have to know, you are what you worship. They became very cool as well. They were cool people. So, 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 so Abraham Avinu worked against that his whole life. He brought kindness to the world, and he went out and he called out in the name of Hashem, and he was able to convert people. As you know, the Torah tells us in this parasha that they made people. Who's they? The team. The number one team that ever lived. That's Abraham and Sarah, the number one team that ever was. Our first, our first mother, Sarah and Manu, the number one team. Sarah was so great. She was terrifically great. Which one of us revert now? The Abraham Avinu, when it says in our Torah, that he called in the name of Hashem, it wasn't only that day. He called every day. Every day he called out in the name of Hashem. When it says in Torah that he did something once, it means he did it all the time. Every time that he did it, he did it all the time. So, so we see over here a very important concept that when, when you're talking about the Avod especially, when they did it once, it wasn't once, it was all their life. His life, he called out to Hashem. And Sarai Manu, all her life, she listened at the, at the door of the tent. That's Hashem. She listened to the door of a tent. That's not one time, all the time. That's the way to learn to. Okay? Now.
Now we're saying over here, they were the team. They they made people. The question is, how did they make a person? They were they uh, alchemists? Were they uh, uh, were they uh, uh, magicians? How did they were able to make people? That's a big question. Well, there's two answers. One way they made people is they bought they bought people. They bought slaves, so they acquired people. In those days, certainly they could acquire slaves. So, the one shot that she says, well, they that they owned, that they bought. Now, now that's one thing. The other way is mamash. They made people. How do you make a person? That's the question. And that's a very big important point for us, because we can be made and we can make people. You make people by making their minds, by making a person's mind, by giving a certain impression on somebody, by giving a certain thought to somebody, a certain idea to somebody. To somebody. It could be good, bad, or indifferent. Whatever that idea is, you're giving it to somebody, it sticks with that somebody the rest of their life. They can't get rid of it the rest of their life. And when you get an impression from somebody, you get a thought from somebody, you cannot get rid of it the rest of your life. That's an impression. It shades all the rest of your thoughts as well. Not only do you have that thought stuck in the hard drive of your mind, but all subsequent thoughts that you're going to have is flowing through that thought as well. That's a, uh, that's a frightening reality. But it's true. It's true. The Biyudah HaLevi says it in the, in, the, in the Kuzari, that you cannot get rid of a thought. Now, it doesn't mean you, you, you could try to make Teshubah on a, on, a, on a bad thought. You can't get rid of a good thought neither, by the way, so that's good news. It's stuck, is there too. But, but let's say a thought, a negative thought, um, you can't get rid of it, it's always there, but what you can do is you can, do, you can, you can put it to the back of your head. You can put it to the back of your mind, that, that thought. Put it to the back of your mind. How? By putting in good ma'asim tovim, Torah, mitzvot ma'asim tovim, in the front of your mind, that'll push it to the back of your mind. And the rabbi used to give the following mashal on that. He used to say, well, you have a guy, you have a guy, and, and this guy here, uh, he contracted for a uh, beautiful mahogany table, beautiful table from Italy, let's say. And finally, after a long period of time, the table was ready. They brought it to his house, and he's now going to serve a beautiful meal, Shabbat meal on his table. He's got all the, the uh, dishes prepared with nice utensils, heavy, big utensils. And what happens? So they're serving the chicken with big knives and, and utensils and the knife falls off the platter and it makes a gash in the table oh the guy is very feel terrible he's he waited such a long time he uh spent a lot of money making this table and now there's a gash in the table so he calls the the artisan up he says he says uh giuseppe please come look at my table there's a gash in the table flies him in from italy looks at the table he says yakov it's very deep it's a very deep gash in your table. The table of your mind has a deep gash in it. So what can I do? Well, I could sand it down, but there's always going to be a little bit of a nick. You're always going to see something in that, in, that, in that table, a little nick. I could sand it down, but same thing with your head. You put an idea that's not a negative idea or a bad idea in your mind, yeah, you can make teshubah, it'll sand it down. You could, put, you could you could push it to the back of your mind with Torah Masin, it'll sand it down, but there's always going to be a residue of that, of that idea, of that thought in your mind. But, however, the good news is, like the Havot HaLavot tells us, that you could, this, could, this could be the causation of an aliyah, of, a, of, a, of an improvement, how? Because now, with this nick in the table, 
You're going to go buy beautiful tablecloths. You're going to have embroidered tablecloths, organdy tablecloths, silk tablecloths. You're going to put it over this nick to cover it. You're going to cover that nick with gorgeous tablecloths. Those, those cloths are ma'asim. This means the ma'asim tovim. You're going to cover that nick in your head with, with Torah, misvot ma'asim tovim, learning Torah, doing misvot, doing good deeds, mosedaka. You're going to cover it up. And then it's going to bring you higher and higher. Being higher than you had before you had the nick even. So, and then the rabbi said, and then when you go upstairs after 120 years, they, maybe they won't even notice the nick. You have so much good things on top of that little scratch in your table, the table of your, of your, of your, of your soul, that probably or possibly won't be even no, be noticed because there's so many good things on top of that nick to notice it. So now, so Abraham knew knew all about, so he, was, he made these people, he made their minds, and he know that a person is his mind, that's who you are, you are your mind. And the Mishleh tells us, from anything you have to guard, you have to guard your mind, because from it, it's coming everything in your life. Now, Lot, we're introduced to Lot, Lot was, was, was Abraham's nephew, son of his brother, of his brother, and Lot was a, a big man, a great man, don't, don't, don't downplay Lot, Lot, he, he followed Abraham and he went to uh, Canaan and he left, his, he left his, his home also as well. And Lot was a number one student of Abraham Avinu. He, he, him and Eliezer, both big students, giant students. In fact, Abraham Avinu uh, 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 held high by Lot. Lot was able to tell over his, his Torah. Lot was able to, he had Talmudim. In fact, in fact, uh, uh, in fact, you know, when, uh, when uh, next when Abraham next is Parasha, when Abraham has the war with uh, four or five kings, and uh, Abraham frees Lot, he lets he, he he lets Lot take all the captives. Now those captives, those people, he, he, he really belong to Abraham, and he could have made them slaves because he won the war. To the war, to the victor belongs belongs the spoils. But Abraham, and the question of Abraham is, you know, how could you let you're a man that converted people? How could you let those people? The Abu Dazara, how could you let those customers go? You had good customers over here. So Abraham, the, the answer that Isaac shared is that the Lot, Abraham had so much confidence in Lot that he felt Lot would do the job. He knew how to do the job. So Abraham uh, placed all those people in the hands of Lot. That's how great he was. Now, however, however, Lot, now you have to know Lot made some, a couple of mistakes. That, you know, Lot became very wealthy, but became wealthy, the, the, the Torah tells, because of Abraham. He didn't realize that all of his wealth, and he was very wealthy, but he was wealthy because he went with Abraham Avinu. That's why he became wealthy. Now, 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 now what, 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 was, what was his big downfall? Well, his downfall was that Abraham was the chief rabbi. Not a chief rabbi, he was a, he was a prophet, he was everything. And Lot knew that. Who knew he was? But Lot, Lot uh, had a, a difference of, of opinion in halakha. Now, that's, that's Asur already. Opinion. Lord Abraham said, "You, you got to muzzle the muzzle the muzzle the uh, the sheep. They can't graze in other people's land. They're stealing." And uh, Lord said, as "Abraham said, Lord said, no, that land that was promised by God to us. So in the future, it's going to be our land. So it's not stealing. It's going to be ours in the future. So therefore, I don't have to muzzle my sheep." So Abraham didn't care for that. He said, "No, no, no, you can't do that. You're you're being you're being cholek on your rabbi. Are you are you are you greater than your rabbi?" So Lord felt at that time that he was as great as his rabbi. That's a big mistake. That he was just as great as his rabbi, and he can make his own pesagdin. 
make his own halakhot, and, and that, was, that was a big error. And a big, bigger error was that he decided to go to the wrong place. He went to Sedom. Wow, because Abraham Avinu said, said, you know, let's, let's split up. You know, you go this way, I'll go that way. I don't want to have any, any uh, tension with you. So the so Lord chose the wrong place. He chose, he chose Las Vegas, chose Sedom. Now, Abraham gave Lord one last chance, one more chance to come back. Because, because Abraham loved the Lord, loved Lord. He was nephew, loved him. And he was his closest kin, aside from his own wife. He had no other closer relative than Lot. So he said, he told Lot as follows. He told him, Aval achim anachnu. He told Lot, you know, we're brothers, achim. Of course, the Rashi says kiruvim. They weren't really brothers, but they're like brothers. We're very close, achim anachnu. So, Tiroshishiva Vrslobatka explains, achim anachnu. He's telling Lot, you know, we, we're like, we're brothers, means that we're equals. We're equals. So really, he's letting Lord a chance to jump on that. He says, no, Rabbi, we're not equals. You're the Rabbi, and I'm the student. We're not equals. So he's going to give Lord an opening, a petach, to, 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 make, to, 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 make, to make a statement, make teshubah, that we're not equals. I, 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 I came to my senses. We're not equals. No. But Lord didn't take the bait, and, and he ended up going to uh, Sedom, and the rest is history. And then it says, the Pasuk says, And he went, When you leave your rabbi, it's like you're leaving God. That's what they're telling us over here. So he left his rabbi, Abraham, Abraham Abinu, wasn't just a rabbi. He was the rabbi. He was the rabbi of the world. So when he left his rabbi, Did he really leave? Did he become an atheist? Lord didn't become an atheist. He just left the source of his, the source of life. Lot left the source of life that's Abraham Avinu. He didn't, he, again, he, when he, he didn't leave God, so to speak. He believed in God. He, he, he still was doing Hakanasat Urchim. He did mitzvot. Probably still put on tefillin, whatever you want to call it. He kept, he, kept, he kept what he had to keep. But he left his rabbi. The rabbi is the, is the, is the, is the, is the symbol of Hashem in this world. So he failed, he failed the test of wealth. And he went, he went to Sedom. Now, Abraham Avinu, and now Parashah meets Malkitzedek. And we'll finish over these two ideas. Listen to these two ideas. Malkitzedek really was Shem ben Noah. Malkitzedek was on the Teba for 12 months, for a whole year. He's on the Teba for a whole year. And Malkitzedek, no, Shem ben Noah was a prophet. As we know, Rivka goes to the Shem Ever, Shem Ever, and, and, and they tell him the, the prophecy that Rabbi Abu Zair, that there's going to be two nations, uh, Yaakov and Esab, and the older one, Rab, the older one is going to serve the younger one. That's a prophecy. So Shem was a prophet. Now, the monkey said that was a great holy man. Great holy man. And he greets Abraham. And, and, and he greets Abraham. And after all, he had, he had his own city called Melech Shalem. Shalem is Yerushalayim. He had a city, a great city, Yerushalayim. So they asked, and it was a righteous city. And they asked, Ramel asked the question, why does it? He was a wanderer. He was like, a, he, always, he had a tent. He pitched a tent. He went from this place, that place, that place. So go ahead, live in, live in, a, live in B'nai Brak. Binu was an original thinker. He was idealistic. Listen to the answer. He was idealistic. He's original thinker. His service of God was not done by, was, was not seen. It was not seen. It was very uh, uh, out there. 
very out there. His, his, his service was original service of Hashem. As we can see when he, when, next week when he greets the, the, uh, the Arabs in the street, in, in, uh, uh, he greets them, and he falls on his face and says, please don't leave me. I want to go give you food and drink. Don't leave me, you Arabs. That's a very extreme thing for him to do. He was a multi-billionaire, and he did it anyway. So over here, we see over here that Abraham Avino didn't want to live in that city because he wanted to continue in his extreme and idealistic service of God, and he felt that Shem, living in the, in, the, in, in the confines of anybody, no matter how great he was, would confine his style. It would crimp his style. So let's think about Abraham Avinu when we do. We're thinking Abraham Hashem's thoughts. Five parashiyot, we're thinking of Abraham Avinu, our great father, Hashem created the whole world for the advent and the coming of Abraham Avinu. Have a good day.